Life is an adventure, and now we're taking you along for the ride. We're the Blinks family, and you've probably seen our travels on Instagram or TikTok. After traveling to over 30 different countries with our three kids, we've learned a thing or two about how to see the world without losing our sanity. Welcome to Unpacked with the Blinks, a podcast where we'll unpack what you didn't see on social by sharing an in-depth look at what it's really like to travel as a family. From finances to flight hacking, sightseeing to sleep habits, and everything in between. We haven't been everywhere, but it's on our list. Welcome back to Unpacked with the Blinks. We are so excited for today's episode because we are going to be unpacking everything about homeschooling. And what's going to be unique about this episode is we're not going to just talk about what we like about homeschooling and world schooling our kids, but we're going to be sharing what we don't like and the cons Mm -hmm. of having this type of way of life and this education style, because it's not easy. And I think by having this conversation and talking about the good side and maybe the not so good side, we can really show you what it's really like to world school and homeschool. And I think with that amount of information, you can make the best decision for you and your family. Agree. Uh, and again, it is, it is world schooling because of us leaving our home environment. The, the homeschooling itself, you know, is consistent. We do take our curriculum with us and our online studies and things like that. So the world schooling part is really uh, an extension of our homeschool. Yeah, I guess that is a great way to start off the episode is to really talk like what homeschooling means to us and how we kind of transitioned into this idea of world schooling our kids. Because we talk a little bit about homeschooling on our platforms, but we really don't go in depth. Homeschooling to us is having control over our children's education and what they're learning and in the style in which they are being educated. And this wasn't always our plan. I don't think that we came into parenthood thinking, well, we're going to be homeschool parents. Well, I guess I can speak for myself on that, but yeah, it was kind of circumstance that kind of led us here. Sure. Yeah. I was, I was raised as were you um, in public school system. My mother was a public school teacher. Uh, my aunt was a, a public school guidance counselor. My uncle is still a high school teacher. So a lot of teachers in the family. I actually went to school post-grad in, uh, in Denver for, um, for schooling and got my license and everything, came back to Florida to teach. I actually never got started. So that's my background. So we discussed that, but never did I really want to do that with my own children, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. So we definitely saw the benefit of, you know, traditional schooling methods because Mm -hmm. we had both experienced that and with all of our background, but there were also a lot of things that we felt really uneasy about. And I think that led us to kind of question the way things were done. And when it came time for our oldest to attend kindergarten, we were kind of worried and we were, we felt like we were in a position where we were forced into homeschooling a little bit. I know that doesn't sound like this perfect fairy tale, like Mm -hmm. idea of homeschooling, but it honestly is the truth for us. In our County, we have a lottery system for some of the best IB schools, elementary schools, and we submitted her and she did not get it. And we had kind of homeschooled for preschool and that worked really, really well for us. But honestly, 
our plan, our family plan was for our kids after preschool to attend public school. And at that time, financially, private school was completely off the table for us. We could not afford that. And so when we didn't receive that lottery spot for our daughter to go to one of the schools that really aligned with the type of education that we wanted her to have, then we felt, okay, well, I guess we're going to do it. And even though I say like we were forced into homeschooling, in that moment when we didn't receive like we got the rejection from the lottery. I remember like this, like I remember it like it was yesterday, honestly. I actually felt relief, you know, in a way, because I think up until that point, there was so much up in the air about like, would this happen? Are we going to homeschool? Is she going to school? Like, what's the transportation going to look like? How's she going to fit in? And it was like all of these like questions. And I just wasn't really sure what we were going to do. And I think that just left me feeling really uneasy. And I think that when we got the rejection, I was just, I felt so at peace because I just knew like this was the direction we were going to go. Not to say I wasn't scared, like and intimidated by the idea of homeschooling, but I think I just felt at peace with the certainty of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so that kind of is how we started on the journey. And then just moving away from like every year after that, it just came to the point like, should we enroll them in school next year? And that year, like, no, let's just do it one more year, one more year, because we just, the girls were thriving. It was difficult, but I genuinely enjoyed it. And when I would weigh the pros and cons, because I think every year we looked at it like, okay, let's reevaluate where we are right now. What's best for our family? What's best for the girls? What should we do moving forward? And every year we just came back to homeschooling and saw all the benefits that we were seeing in the girls and in our family dynamics. And it is what kind of continued to bring us back into this. Yeah. And let me share from at that time, I was the working parent, right? Right. So for me, I actually had had added anxieties because when we were, when we were shooting for going to a school, I was looking at, you know, those type of things like security around the school, how, how, you know, you and the and the kids were going to walk there. We had multiples, you know, when we were looking at that. And for me being at work for, for said amount of time was like, you know, it's hard. It's hard for me to sit there and think about that all day and, and, and all that. But there was a, a lot of added stress for you and on you that, that I, I was having trouble with, you know, wrestling with. So for me, it was a, a big relief as well when we yeah. decided to stay home because I'm like, I know where they are. I know they're safe. I know they're in great hands. And even if, you know, you didn't have a background in schooling, you still are the, the teacher type. Like you, you are always a leader in a group. You're always one to, to share resources. You're, you know, you can definitely make it work. Right. So we, I I didn't really ever have any hesitation there. So I I had a a lot of relief. So just to share that part when, you know, in in the decision where it's a little scary, but I want to remind you of another part of the story. Yes. We, we decided to renew the next year, but then we did say Lucille, our oldest, she is so social. We thought at one point in time, you know what? I think she might need more socialization. So we put her back in the lottery again. Yeah. Okay. Now, when we were waiting for the lottery, there was also a school within walking distance that was very much viable. Now, uh, the grade of the school was a little lower than we would have liked, but we were willing to give that up. There was a hurricane that came to Florida. We fled the hurricane. And literally the year we were going to think about putting her in this school, that school burned down. It did. Now, the hurricane didn't burn it down. The, it was turning back on the electricity. It was a After historic the hurricane, building. Horse yeah. historic building, it shorted out. No one was in the building. 
we almost hurt, but it, but it burnt that to the ground. And when we came back and saw that, we just like couldn't believe the signs. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah, it was, it's true. Yeah. There was a lot of signs and we felt really pulled towards this path, that this path was meant for us. And this is before the time that we were really traveling. You know, like I think everyone sees us now and it's like, okay, homeschool really works for your lifestyle now, which it does, but we were not traveling like that then. So it wasn't because of that type of lifestyle, the traveling world schooling type of lifestyle. Yeah, This was more... Does homeschool serve our family in a way to where we feel we're all kind of flourishing? And, yeah. and you know, I think kind of speaking to that, I kind of want to get to the, the first con, yeah. right? And I think it's important for parents who are considering homeschooling to understand this, which is the amount of time it requires. I wouldn't say homeschooling is difficult. Like, when people say like, I could never do that. I think that that's kind of hard for me to hear because I do think anyone could do it, but the amount of time and energy it requires from you is tremendous. Yeah. And I think you need to go into it knowing that because from researching curriculum, from implementing that curriculum, creating the schedule, helping your kids work through things, making three meals a day, like you don't think about that, but your kids are constantly eating. You're constantly cleaning up because they're home. Um, the added work of making sure your kids have that socialization because at, at school you automatically have it. But when you're at home, it's all of that burden kind of falls on you on planning the play dates and signing them up for activities and, you know, getting them in Girl Scouts and making sure they make it to gymnastics practice and all of those things. And so it requires a lot of time. Now it works for my personality type because I'm that type that like, if I put my mind on something, like I will go 100% almost obsessive into that particular thing. Right. So when I was like, okay, we didn't get the lottery spot. I'm going to homeschool. I was obsessive oh, about. Yeah. And you were taking us to like <laughs> conventions, conventions and <laughs> like meetings and yeah. So and it I was, think it requires a little bit of that, yeah. like in regards to you really have to come. I don't say it's a requirement to homeschool, but I think to really have a successful homeschool, you need to have a period of time where you are fully committed into the success of your yeah. homeschool. And yeah, like it's it's, it's going to make a difference between the success and and failure, essentially, yeah. of, of the longevity of your homeschool. Yeah, well, it's unfor- like it's unfortunate. See, we got to choose in, in essence, right? And we got to to plan and prepare and research and do all that. It's unfortunate that during COVID, a lot of families got forced into it in a different way. Right. And they didn't have as much ramp up time. Right. So unfortunately, their first experience was probably a negative one because it was so chaotic. Oh, yeah. And even those that, that were in school but had to do the school remotely from, you know, like Zoom and all that stuff. I just can only imagine how that first that first experience was for them and, and how discouraging it could have been because yeah. it's it's hard enough. It is hard. You know what I mean? So and just then wanna... you have the restrictions of the school too. Like you're yeah. you're not you don't have the flexibility of determining what year kids are gonna learn and at what pace. You're yeah. still meeting kind of the requirements of the school, which is very, very difficult. It is. Um, because the one beautiful thing about homeschool is the flexibility it provides your family. You know, there have been times when We've had health issues in the family. There have been times when we had a new baby in the family. And sometimes homeschool takes a little bit of a back burner. It doesn't mean we don't do anything, but we're focusing our energy on 
our family and the dynamics within our family. And that might not mean we're getting, you know, ahead in our book work, but we have other seasons where we're really focusing on getting, you know, our math lessons done, our language lessons done. And then we're going a grade maybe above of what level they're on because we're able to move so quickly and give them so much. So the flexibility of it, I think that's what really hurt. Or I think when people are like, wow, this is so difficult during COVID is because you weren't having flexibility. And also a big component of a successful homeschool is the community. And in COVID, we were all forced out of our communities, you know, where we were secluded. And that is not how I homeschool. I don't Mm -hmm. know, like what we had to experience during COVID is nothing like what my homeschool day looked like. So it's unfortunate. I do think during that, a lot of families realized, hey, I could do this. But a lot of families were like, oh, wow, this is not attainable. And I hate that because that is actually not what it's supposed to look like. No, no. That's why I said it was, a, it was some unfortunate circumstances. But that reminds me of a pro-con, again, pro for homeschool, con for public school is, is that one-on-one, one-on-three attention that they just can't, can't do in public school, unfortunately. I mean, they're getting more crowded and more crowded. But when your child either falls behind or needs to be pushed forward, there's just not enough resources to do that. And at home, you can recognize those, those levels and you can spend some additional attention with, with one that needs something to move up. You can you know, help the other one move forward to, to kind of grow. So I think that's a huge advantage of homeschooling is that you just really can cater to the individual needs of the kid. Yeah. And I think in certain school settings, a lot of kids can fall between the cracks and you don't even notice. We're seeing that now with reading that a lot of kids in upper elementary grades cannot read. And one of the things about homeschooling is that not to say that nothing slips through the cracks, right? There are things that slip through the cracks and that kind of will segue into another con for homeschooling, but things can happen. But for the most part, because you're the one seeing it and you know your kid better than anyone else, right? There's like a teacher could adore your child, but they will never know your child the way you know your child. And so and that could be a pro and a con. Well, that's, what, that's, where, I thought you were, that's where I thought you were going That's with not that. exactly where I was going, but yeah. that could be a pro or a con for homeschooling. Yeah. But um, because we all know our kids don't necessarily act their best around their parents, their comfort zone. But what I was kind of saying is that kids can slip through the cracks and at home you're able to recognize kind of where their strengths are and maybe a bit of their weaknesses. Yeah. I don't think it's just about like, okay, Let's make sure we're focusing our energy to bring them up to this certain level. Mm -hmm. It's more of like, there is no level. There's no requirement. Not everybody has to be at the same pace because in a school setting, everyone has to be on the same pace. The teacher cannot teach five different curriculums to the different kids. Like everyone can't have their individual curriculum at their own level. But in my homeschool, I can. So if one of my kids is really thriving in math, I can let her go at her own pace and really excel in what she feels she's strong in. And it's okay that maybe her grammar isn't on par for her grade, let's just say. Not to say that I would just completely negate her working hard to try to be on level, Um, but 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 who's to say that there's a level anyway? But you foster foster the learning that comes really easy to them and allow them to to really grab it and excel at it and what have you. And then you, you sort of, also foster the ones that they um, maybe don't grasp right away. And you sort of just 
you make sure that that it's there and present for them, but they let them, that, that's another thing about homeschooling, at least the way that we homeschool is that child led. So we allow them to go at their own pace so that they don't feel like they're falling behind right. so much as they're they just need a little bit more time to come around on certain things. And I think autonomy, yeah. especially as your kids get older, is really important. Mm-hmm. Like it teaches them independence and responsibility and sometimes consequence, right? Yeah. Like when we, like w- the way we implement our routine now that our kids are older and they work a, li- a bit more independently is we create weekly goal sheets for them. And so essentially what happens there is we at the beginning of the week will write out like, okay, this many math lessons, this many language arts lessons, this many hours of reading and whatever else we're focusing. Like we kind of flip-flop depending on what extracurriculars they have. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's history we're doing, sometimes geography, sometimes it's based on their interest. And so all of those things or writing and a lot of that too, again, with the customization is based on where we think they need more help. Like we right. felt like last semester, our girls needed really to focus a lot more energy in writing and storytelling and mm-hmm. just penmanship in general. So a lot of those extras out of the immediate core work revolved yeah. around that. And some of them were fun, like computer programs. Some of them was writing in journals. And so anyways, tangent, but yeah, we were creating these goal sheets for them. And essentially they got to pick the way their school day like went. And you would see some of them would want to get everything done in those first three days of the week. And then that way they have Thursday and Friday that they could essentially just do whatever special interest project they wanted to work on. Right. So yeah. either it was do, making a movie on their iPad or, you know, writing a comic book or whatever that they were interested at the time. Most, of, most of the time it's drawing or drawing. crafting. Yeah. Or um, play, they were reading Harry, po- clo- yeah. Harry Potter there for a while. We couldn't get our one daughter off of her yeah. Kindle for a very long time. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was great. It worked really well and it, really and it well. gave them, yeah, it gave them that independence that that all kids really need to to decide. They they knew that they had to get all of their things done, and there were some things that they jumped to and some things that they put off a little bit last. But they knew when they scheduled that you know they had to get it done, and there was reward at the end. That works out really yeah, not well. To say like they're kids, right? Did we have to like get on them a little bit sometimes? Yeah, of course they're kids. Yeah, but I think that what we're trying to do is teach them responsibility and that it's not about us. It's not about us telling you what to do. Like you should do this to earn your reward. Like we go to work to earn our paycheck, you know, and, and we would kind of tailor rewards. We didn't always want it to be materialistic, but you know, sometimes it was like family fun day or, you know, sometimes it was having a play date on the weekends or, and then really teach them to work towards this extrinsic goal, hoping that that would eventually turn into intrinsic motivation, like internal motivation. And so that's kind of now what we've worked towards, but it was not always like that. No, it was not always like that. And I think the con I wanted to kind of lead into is the child parent dynamic and really homeschooling can have two impacts on that. Right. And I've seen it both ways. And I've had season where it's impacted me both ways, where it really could foster this relationship and this closeness, but it also can cause a huge strife in your relationship. And I think what we've learned after however many, seven years of homeschooling is that really homeschooling has a way of like slapping you in the face and making you face some of these insecurities or maybe 
things, your own baggage that you need to work through because it is challenging and it pushes you to be your best self. Like it really, really pushes you. And you recognize, like for me, growing up with a mom as a teacher, I was at her school many times and drug into her classroom many times by other teachers. And I, I butt heads when I'm homeschooling uh, with, with a, a couple of, couple of them in particular. And I just, I just remember they're exactly like I was exactly yeah. like I was. The good news is the good news is there's so much more resilience as, as homeschooling than there is at some public schools that are, that have such rigidity. Um, because right. I did not fit into the right bucket. I did really well in school. Like I, I made good grades, but my citizenship and whatever you call those things were very poor all the time. And I just didn't fit into that bucket. Yeah. Um, so I'm just glad that my kids get an opportunity to both learn and express themselves and not be um, punished for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I think we've had a lot of growth. Oh, yeah. From being homeschooled parents a lot of therapy, (laughs) working through our own, like I said, our own baggage. But ultimately I have no regrets and I wouldn't change a thing because I do believe it's made me a better person overall. It's made me face some demons that maybe I wouldn't have done otherwise. Um, because you know, it is challenging and, and it breaks my heart when I hear people say like, I couldn't do it. And then kind of put the blame on the kid. And what I would empower you to do is if you're considering homeschooling is really look inward, really look inward, look at what your insecurities are, maybe what could be holding you back from thinking you could do it. And again, I'm not saying this in a way that everyone should be homeschooling parent. I know it doesn't fit every family dynamic, every personality type, and really not benefit every family. Like that, I I 100% agree. And there might be a point in time where homeschooling doesn't benefit our family too. And I fully embrace that this might not be solution for us forever. But if it's something that you are considering that you are feeling drawn to, but you're almost like questioning, like I can't, or my kid can't. I I know from my personal experience, a lot of that stemmed from my own insecurity and my things that I kind of had to work through. And what homeschooling did is it forced me to do that, Yeah, to really look inward and think like, why is this bothering me so much? Why is this triggering me so much? You Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. No, I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's easy to say I have patience for certain things, but it's another thing to have patience for two, three, four kids for some people, um, and more to, to be able to have patience to sit with one until they, they understand something and then move over to another and sit with them until they understand something in the middle of that understanding, someone else needs you as soon as possible. And like, you know, you, you get pulled in so many different directions, but you have to keep that composure because as soon as you don't keep that composure, they lose, you lose the essence of, um, of their facilitator. And then, then you have to flip the switch back to being their parent. And it's very easy to lose control. Like you said, not easy, not easy. Um, a lot of self-reflection and a lot of practice. So again, to those that have tried it for a short period of time and it didn't go well, we know we've been there. Didn't, didn't always go well for us either. Um, but doing it for, like you said, consecutive years knowing that there are certain things that we've had to do on our own to come around to be able to be an effective teacher facilitator for yeah. our kids. Yeah. You know? I think another thing that comes to mind when I think about one of the things I love about homeschooling and, and we kind of touched on this a little bit is 
ultimately the flexibility. The, the flexibility in several different ways. Yeah. Like you have the flexibility of your day or some days we were early morning go-getters. Sometimes we were not. And, you know, based on what where we were in that stage of life, sometimes it was later in the afternoons. Mm-hmm. Um, the flexibility of when to school and when not. So for us, we have a very unique school schedule because of our travel schedule. And so we're doing a lot of our core work in three-month chunks um, and then taking longer breaks versus having, you know, the traditional Christmas and summer break. And also the flexibility in what you're teaching and how you're teaching it. And I think this is something that it's important to talk about when you're sharing this journey and what it might look like for a potential parent, because I think parents could get really discouraged with this idea of, okay, I'm trying out, let's do this goal sheet thing (laughs) that the Blinks family does, but this does not work. And then you really have to be resilient. Like as a person and as a parent, as a facilitator of the homeschool, you have to be resilient in, in your mission to do this. Because when I say we, things change, like I'm talking every semester, (laughs) sometimes we'll find something that works for us and a routine that works and a curriculum that works. And you have to be, when I say you have to be resilient, you have to be confident in the fact that it's okay that that worked then and it's not working now and Mm -hmm. that you're flexible enough and open-minded enough to say, this isn't working. Let's try something new. And I really do believe that one idea is what has led to the success of the longevity of our homeschool is that we have always been like, okay, this isn't working. And I wouldn't say this as a generalization of homeschool, but let's just say like, for example, something specific, this math program is not working where we have tears. It's just not. And regardless of the cost of the math, you know, we were like, okay, let's, we're trying something new next semester. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying the minute our kids put their foot down, we're like, oh, wrong curriculum. No, we would like definitely try it out. And usually we'd say, okay, let's finish the semester. Yeah. We always, we always implemented a Let's finish what we started. Yeah. And that goes with their extracurriculars, exactly. their organizations. Anytime we've put them in a co-op, things like that, they always have to finish the, you know, what they've started. So right. that's the same thing with the math. But but yeah. To but your, the flexibility to your of point it though. is, yeah, if if we see that there's so much struggle, so much strife, and, and it could be individual or as a group, it's just not worth having that learning experience be negative. Like it's just not worth it. Cause that could impact the rest of their life and how they view learning. And ultimately our goal with our homeschool is to have our kids be lifelong learners. The learning is not just like when we open the book and this is homeschool time, like we want to be learning 24 seven, everything we did. We just went to Nazare. We're learning about the Canyon under the water that makes them form the waves, you know? So everything is learning. And I think that starts from you and I wanting, I think that's just our personality. We're always learning new things, reading up on things, watching documentaries, teaching us new things, te- yeah. teaching each other new things. And I just think that, okay, to the point that you made about we finish what we start. Yes, we do, but also no, we don't. I think we should never hold a rule so steadfast at the detriment of our family. So like, not to say that we would say, it's okay, you guys can quit, no big deal. Like we definitely want to teach our kids grit and resilience, but there have been times with math curriculum that we did not finish the book. You know, I think we talk about math a lot because math is one of those difficult Mm -hmm. things. And we were like, you know what? We, we tried. 
We we really put in our effort. We tried lots of different techniques. We tried lots of different scenarios. This is not working. And just for the sake of saying we finished what we started, we're not going to torture ourselves just to finish this because there is something else out there that's going to be a better fit. And ultimately, I feel that I don't want my kids to say, I hate math. Yeah. Because how many kids in my class growing up was like, I hate math. I hate math. I hate math. And to me, their relationship with learning is so important. And I do firmly believe that if we foster that, they will succeed. Yeah. And they will eventually get to that place where they will be successful in learning. So do we want to talk about the difficulty? So we're going to flip flop back and forth with world schooling and homeschooling. So just to make everybody aware of to us, it's the same thing. It's just like our home here in Portugal now is our homeschool setting. They do go for for their uh, regular classes classes and things like that mm-hmm. while we're here, but we still implement some of the homeschool. But for world schooling, I'm going to bring up kind of a con and maybe we can we can talk about this. Every time we we change locations, okay, which last year was quite a bit, the year before that was probably even more. But every time we change locations, there's that little period of time, that honeymoon phase, that it's very difficult for us to kind of restart the homeschooling process as a family. That's very difficult on them, very difficult on us, but something we're continuing to get better and better at, which is why right now is actually going pretty well because they started in their school program right away. So they didn't have a whole lot of like, let's, let's sit back and, and relax and try to try to delay this as much as possible. So this has been a really great transition. Yeah, Um, But I remember several trips where we really, we brought out the curriculum, we started their, their summer program books or get back onto their online. And it was a very difficult thing to transition. So um, just want to put that out there that this world schooling, homeschooling on the road is not any easier. It's not any easier. No. Yeah. I agree with you. I think that transition and loss of routine can be very, very difficult for Mm -hmm. kids. It's kind of where we found success in homeschooling because we created our own routine based on what was right for our family at the time, you know? Yeah. And so anytime you change your routine, regardless if it's you're traveling on the other side of the world or you, your mom took a new job, like it's going to impact the way your homeschool day goes. I think also going back to the idea of flexibility, just be flexible with yourself. I think don't be so hard on yourself. Understand that this is just part of the process. This is part of the learning. Learning is not just doing math worksheets and learning about grammar. That is not learning. Learning the social dynamics within a family is also very important. Building emotional intelligence and resilience is also very important. So I think as a homeschooling parent, you kind of have to remove like these societal ideals of what it is to be educated, because I think there is a bigger picture into what true education looks like. And if you think about it like that, you won't feel so guilty (laughs) because in the other side of the con here is that all of the pressure falls on you. You have no one else to blame. This may be one of the biggest cons of homeschooling. And one of the things that's caused the most amount of tears for me is that there is no one. You can't blame it on the school district. You can't blame it on the teacher. 
it all falls on you. You can't and that even really is a, blame it on the curriculum because you chose it. <laughs> so it's yeah. a lot. That's a lot to carry. And that's a huge burden. And I think a big reason why homeschooling or world schooling might not be a good fit for all families. Because if you have a family of two working parents, like right now we are, we have our own business, we work full time. If we had not been homeschooling since they were in preschool and our girls weren't like familiar with the routine, could we honestly have jumped into it now, not knowing what we know? I think it would be so different and so difficult. And I think it's important for us to be honest with anyone listening here who maybe have older kids who are considering that, you know, because I don't know if we honestly could do it because it requires so much and it is such a huge responsibility and, and burden. But on the flip side of that, I think what that means is that you care. And if you care that much that it keeps you up at night or you cry and you're worried and you carry this burden and you feel guilt when maybe you didn't get all your lessons done that day, you are giving your kids something special. Like yes. you are giving them the the best gift in the world, because the fact that you worry that much means that you're probably doing 99% better than everybody else, you yeah, know? And I just think that it's important to like reframe your thoughts about what the expectations should be. I'm also preaching that to myself mm-hmm. <laughs> and to you Constantly. too, because we are really hard on ourselves as well. And yeah. we can get on ourselves about like, oh gosh, you know, like we haven't done this this week and we missed this this week. And it honestly requires us to sit down together and say, hey, what did we do really, really well this week? Hey, we we really sat with our daughter when she was crying and really talked with her and vent, let her vent and really built on that emotional connection. There's we seasons, sat and right? cooked together. We cooked together on Tuesday. You know, like it's that. And, yeah. and bringing your like thoughts to those positive things that you're doing because it's not always going to look. And I think speaking to what you were saying about the um, transition period is that it's okay to have a transition period. It's hard, but go into it knowing, especially if you're looking at being a whole schooling family, go into it knowing that anytime you have a transition in a, a different big life event, or you're moving to a new location, you're going to have that transition period when it's going to be difficult. And that doesn't mean your homeschool yeah. is unsuccessful. And that transition period is necessary. Yeah. Like it's it's totally necessary. And and like I said, we're getting better at how that goes. And it's not even just with us implementing it. The kids are getting better with that as their expectations are changing because they're moving around and they they, they understand that there's going to be that, right? Well, Sometimes yeah. they're asking us. And just like everything else, what I was going to say before was that, you know, there are seasons, just just like seasons with, with anything, there are seasons where we are going to have those seasons over seven years where we are just doing enough to get by bare minimum, right? Bare minimum where the kids are probably craving more, but you and I can only give them so much. And there's going to be seasons where you and I are on fire Mm -hmm. and where we're, we're throwing things at them that might be a little too much for them. And they'll have to give us the, the, you know, Hey, let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit and we can, we can ebb and flow, but you know, it's not going to be this perfect consistency across the board. And I think that's, what's fun about the world schooling part is that we already have that expectation going into it is that, Hey, we're going to have a lot of change throughout this year. Right. Everybody's going to be changing. Methodology is going to be changing. Environment's going to be changing all that stuff. So I think the more change you, you have your kids face, the more resilience than they, that they have. And I think that's probably the biggest gift that we can give them. It's a really hard thing to learn. 
Yeah, you know? it really is. And they can only learn from experience. It's unfortunately like, you know, it's when they're faced with that adversity that they will build that resilience. We hope that through these experiences that we're giving them by taking them to countries where it might not look like the way it does back home, that they're able to realize that, hey, life is different. And they have this more worldview mm-hmm. and open mind and acceptance and empathy for others. And yeah. that's really the best form of education. I think this will benefit them more than something memorizing something out of a textbook they'll probably forget in a couple of years, you yeah. know? So anyways, I definitely wanted to talk a little bit about what our world schooling days look like, especially within the last year, um, because I think there's a lot of questions about what is your routine like now? Do you do schooling while you're on the road? So maybe we could talk a little bit about what this last year, maybe start when we decided to go on the Asia trip and kind Mm -hmm. of how we prepped school-wise for that, what it looked like while we were on the Asia trip and then what it looked like when we got home. Yeah. Just to give a better idea of what works for us. Now, all families are different. All families are going to do something different. And depending on what your travel schedule looks like, and the dynamic, the ages, all these different factors that are going to influence what your your schooling is going yeah. to look like. But this is just what it kind of looks like for us. That's right. So I remember, so we treated it as a summer because um, we do give our children summer breaks. It's a little bit shorter, but we do give them summer breaks. So I remember us working very hard up to this trip. So we were using this trip as like a goal to finish up some curriculum and fast forward a little bit so that we could have sort of a clean slate for the summer. So we worked really hard on, uh, on math. We talked about math. We worked really hard on the writing portion of getting that stuff done. We worked really hard on like language arts, things of those, that nature, just to kind of give ourselves a break, a breaking yeah. point. So we worked really hard. There was a little bit of, um, you know, frustration in, in the, the pace we were setting, um, but we did get a slow start to the year. So I remember doing that. But then what we did was we, we made sure we had our summer curriculum so that we could do we could do a transition into something new and give them sort of like some new some new yeah. things to do some you know? consistency some routine because with the way we travel and we were bouncing around so quick things can be a bit chaotic but also not anything too strict no like we definitely didn't want to to put too much pressure on them because it is a lot you know to already just be traveling in and of itself So we didn't want to put a lot of pressure. And I think also too, in that year leading up, we leaned a lot on our community and the girls were taking classes. And so we had resources in place to really help us to make sure that we weren't missing anything and that they were getting everything they needed to get done so that we wouldn't feel like, Hey, we're really falling behind. Um, during the summer. And then just some other things that we do when we travel, especially when we travel like this particular trip where we're not bringing our full curriculum with us that are just super easy, which is we bring their Kindles. We always bring their Kindles. Our girls love to read. We don't have really any restrictions over what they can read or like what I mean by that is like they only have to, they have to read like a certain curriculum of books. No, they get to just read what they love. And we would do audiobooks. You know, when we go to certain places, like I know when we did a- Athens, we really relied on the Greek mythology audiobooks. We were listening to those like crazy. We journal. And then we utilize a lot of online programs because we really wanted to pack so light. Yeah. We really had to be resourceful about what we were using 
and making sure that we weren't carrying extra books around, you know, with way down our backpacks. That's right. You know, it, it worked really well for us. And then we came back from that trip. We did have a transition period of a few weeks where we were like, okay, that was a lot. Also, if you listen to episode, um, don't remember the number, but the Southeast Asia episode, <laughs> uh, I think part two of that, we talked about how we got dengue fever at the end of our Southeast Asia trip. So with all of that considered, we took a pretty significant break when we got home. Yeah. And then we just slowly, like baby steps, we did little by little and started to incorporate back into our routine, back into the curriculum that we were used to, which is a mix of book work and online work, and then back into their classes, which they were really excited to do. So we utilize classes for a lot of their extracurricular and a lot. Um, well, we did two, other- di- two different programs. So we did a, a program that was basically just for their um, extracurricular. So it was dance and art and STEM and History, uh, history, history and outdoor exploring and things like that. So they had one day to themselves where they did and they chose. It was so cool because they got to choose the classes. They got to choose their schedule, put their little lunch break where they wanted all this stuff. They were they were in charge of getting themselves to and from their classes. They really loved that. So they had one really fun day with all extracurriculars and then another day that was really focused on um, their core, um, which was basically additional math, math and geography, some geography and humanities. Anyway, so that was that was really nice for, for two things, which was to give them some extra socialization around school, to give them some really uh, defined extracurricular activities for a full day, and then to uh, give us uh, a little break from, from homeschooling every day of the week. So it worked out really well. Yeah, we really liked that schedule, and I mm-hmm. felt like the girls really thrived in that. And those two particular programs worked really, really well for us. Um, Absolutely. And so... Now what we're doing is very unique to us because our girls are actually attending school full days. And so do we still consider ourselves homeschoolers? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I know. I, I think a lot of people would assume that maybe, okay, now the girls are in school. So like now you're not a homeschooling family. No, we still consider ourselves a homeschooling family, a world schooling family. But for this particular experience with Boundless Life, we opted to put the girls in school. And we have been so happy. We're on week three. And I don't know if I had expectations. I was very open-minded coming into it, but I wanted to say it exceeded my expectations, but I'm not even sure if that's the right way to put it because I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, I had high expectations for sure because it is based off the finished school system. And it's something I've spent a lot of time researching. It's something that I base a lot of our homeschooling curriculum on and our way of schooling and our methodology of schooling. And so I was really impressed by that. I thought that maybe I thought like I didn't want to put the bar too high because I didn't want to be disappointed, but I've been very, very happy. Well, and here's the thing. The kids are very happy. They come home. They're excited to tell us what they've been doing. They're learning the language. They're cooking the food which is crazy. We tried uh, some pastel donadas from them the other day and they were delicious. Um, we could maybe get to try some uh, traveseros. 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 Yeah. Maybe here soon. Lucille has been project after project after project that I don't know if this is just self-driven or if she's actually been asked to do all of these, but she has a million projects. They're motivated and I, and I love it. And then our implementation of our homeschool is really unpack what you've done during the day 
really tell us what you're learning. Let us help you. Let's do a little extracurricular. Let's let's work on some of the projects here. And then each weekday, which today is our day, when we pick them up from school, we go and explore a new part of Portugal, a new part of um, where we're living. And then they're, they're reflecting on that. So That's right. they're learning history once a week with us. And then our weekends have kind of been the same sort of thing. Yeah. And know? like we, I talked about with Nazare, we went to a town on the Portuguese coast and it's really unique. It's known for like the big wave capital, you know, mm-hmm. and we were watching little YouTube videos about how these waves are formed. And that's it, guys. That's that's homeschooling. That's world schooling. It's that you are sharing these experiences with your kids. You're having this posture of constantly wanting to better yourself, learn from the people around you, learn from resources in a unique way. I think that's also equally valuable. It's like, okay, you don't know, like, oh, we're going to this place, Nazareth. Let's Google this and see like, what made this place popular? And then we found out, oh, it was a fishing village. And then this one surfer guy came and he made it so popular. And so like, wow, that really is intriguing to me. I am genuinely interested in that. And I'm excited. And I share that excitement with my kids. And then in return, they get excited and want to learn. And I actually could, my oldest daughter was like calling her friends from back home, FaceTiming with them last night. And I could hear her talking about these things that we said. So this is the point, like it is sticking with them. It's staying with them. And I really do believe this and I don't want to cry right now, but if I say this, it might make me cry that this is forming the individuals and the adults that they will grow up to be like these experiences, these interactions with the, with these people all across the world that they're getting the resilience and the grit. Yeah. Do we make mistakes when it comes to their world schooling? A ton of mistakes, but I do believe that these experiences and what they're learning here is going to form them into some pretty amazing adults. There's no doubt. And, and they're also learning these life lessons that it's just, there's just, it's so difficult to teach, you know, to tell your kids to be certain way, to sit down and learn manners and things like that. It's very difficult. I know it was difficult for my parents to do for me, but what I am noticing is as we travel the world and as we, we put them in, in environments for longer periods of time where they're interacting with the community and things like this, they're picking up things, noticing things and emulating things all for the better. And it's just, it's creating this dialogue with us and them talking about things that they see as we walk through, through towns. And as we, you know, as we pass tourists from different countries and Mm -hmm. as we experience things from, from, you know, all around the world, they're, they're giving us feedback and, you know, looking to us that, Hey, this is kind of how I feel about this. You know, what about you? And it's just, just to see their their minds change and open up, it's just, it's great. And it's the best thing that I can give them. If there's anything else that they learn from from us, I think it's that, that worldly, and I know that's a, a loose term, but that worldly outlook and that acceptance of everyone and anything that they come across, I think is just, just the best. Yep. So I hope this discussion was insightful. You got to get a little peek into our brains and how we think and how we approach our world schooling journey with the girls. And I hope this doesn't end the discussion. I would love to hear from you 
on our social channels. If you have any questions about homeschooling or world schooling, we would love to hear from you. And if you're interested in hearing more about Boundless Life and our experience here, then definitely make sure you're following over on Mrs. Blinks because I share a ton of our daily life here in Portugal. Boundless has been so kind to offer us a discount code for potential new families. So check the show notes for that as well. And then we also have a ton of resources on our blog and our YouTube channel about homeschooling. A couple of years ago, I wrote a homeschooling ebook with hopes that it would help parents who are thinking about starting out. I know starting out can sometimes be the most intimidating part of the journey. And so I have that also on my site and we'll be sure to link everything for you in the notes. Thank you so much for hanging out and chatting with us today. Make sure you tune in next week for another episode where we unpack everything about traveling with kids. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Unpacked with the Blinks. We hope it inspired you to step out of your comfort zone and finally book that bucket list trip. If you liked what you heard, please hit that subscribe button to get notified when a new episode hits the tarmac. And be sure to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a suggestion of something you'd love to hear on a future episode, please send us a DM on Instagram at WithTheBlinks or Mrs. Blinks. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget, magical memories are within your grasp. See you next time.